What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. I don't want them there. Take them someplace else or send them back to Venezuela. I don't care where they go. This is wrong. You got 73% of the people homeless in this city are black people. What have you done for them? That's really an amazing part of this whole story has been that now these illegal immigrants have been shipped to other cities up north. Finally, people in these other cities are like, oh yeah, this is a huge problem now. Well, it's been a huge problem in Texas and Arizona and Southern California for a long time. Victor Avila is here. He's a former ICE agent. He's running for Congress in the district on the, like this is it, like the Southern half of the Texas border, Eagle Pass, Del Rio, all the towns that like most people have never heard of that are now in the news all the time. For, for what's happening with illegal immigration there. Right now it's uh, run by, uh, or the, the congressman is Tony Gonzalez, uh, and Victor's running for that seat. Victor, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Mike, thanks for having me. How is morale among your former ICE agents right now? Um, there is no morale, it's, they actually have been demoralized. Uh, I was just with them in Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, this past week for a couple of days. Let me tell you, they are, they're being vilified because they have been put in a horrible, horrible situation by the instruction of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and the Biden administration to cut the razor wire that the state of Texas put up, the National Guard and Texas DPS troopers, and to allow them in. It, it is the most uh, outstanding thing that I have ever seen in my career working this border for 20 years. I had never seen the struggle and conflict between the federal government and the state government and we should all be on the same page trying to protect our country. I saw that video the other day and I wasn't sure that's what that was or if that was a deep fake video or something from a previous time. I didn't know what that was. You're telling me that ICE agents were told to cut the barbed wire? The Border Patrol agents on the ground, it is, it is something that is just incredible. So the National Guard, the State Guard will go up there, put up, they put up a bunch of razor wire the aliens, when they know that they're coming up from the river, this is Eagle Pass, Texas, they stand and, and, and wait at the bank of the river 
this is the most ironic thing, for a green uniform, in other words, for a Border Patrol agent to show up because they know that they're going to be granted access by the same administration or the same agency that usually would arrest them for doing this illegally. And so here comes Border Patrol agents while they get freed up after processing hundreds of them under the bridge. They come over, they cut the razor wire, uh, they let them up, and then they the, they move away. The state guard then goes back, replaces the razor wire, and I saw this happen over and over and over in the two-day period that I was there. This is not this is not the this is not America. I didn't recognize it for sure. Why 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 were they told to cut the razor wire? What was the pretense? Well, this is this is the deliberate uh, actions and policies of the Biden administration that they were they're not enforcing immigration law. And you know they'll they'll tell you asylum, they'll tell you parole, they'll tell you all these excuses to allow illegal aliens from 150 different countries to come in into our country illegally. Um, and they're just ignoring it. They're allowing them in. They're deliberately uh, allowing them. You know, you, we use the word process a lot. No one's really being processed. They, they, they go into these facilities, these soft-sided tents that have been built. By the way, they're they're over capacity. El Paso has a capacity of 2,400. There's over 5,000. There's a, a capacity in Eagle Pass of a thousand. They're over 4,000 there, and they're starting to release them to the streets. It's one thing, though, to not enforce border policy. It's another to cut the razor wire to make it easier for people to come in. That's that's next level. What like they're actively going out of their way to make it easier. Yeah, and and that's the demoralization part. That the, these border agents, believe me, they don't want to do this, but they've been forced to do this. They've been instructed and ordered to do it, and if they don't do it, they will lose their jobs and have other other consequences. And so uh, it's important not to blame the individual border agent, but it's this administration that have put them in this difficult uh, position. Totally. Uh, let's take just one minute. If you can give us a little lesson here on the jurisdiction differences between Border Patrol and ICE and DEA. And we just talked to a CIA officer. So like, what do all these different people do? And what, what's an ICE agent do? That's a great question, Mike, because there are different jurisdictions and, and they all, a lot of them surround the border. So an ICE special agent, which is what I was, a criminal investigator that investigates the crimes of anything that has a nexus to our U.S. border. And that includes the illicit movement of goods and people. In this case, we're talking about human smuggling, human trafficking, drug trafficking. Uh, ICE or HSI, Homeland Security Investigation Special Agents, have the sole jurisdiction to investigate these activities. Border Patrol agents are the interdictors. Think of them as a patrol officer on the street that pulls you over. They're the first contact. And if something would require an investigation, they would call a detective. That's where the ICE agents come in. DEA, on the other side, you mentioned them. They're the Drug Enforcement Administration that enforces the drugs in the interior of our country. They also work abroad uh, around the world, but their sole jurisdiction is inside the United States of America. Okay. What is ICE up to these days? Because like, we have these illegal immigrants. We know where they are, many of them. We can find them. But I'm sure you're not given authority to go deport to try and find them and kick them out. And would that even be possible? This is something that people on the right say, we gotta get them, the millions of them, and deport them. Is that even a thing if we wanted to do that? So a couple of things. One, the ICE enforcement removal operations, what they call ERO, are the ones in the interior that are, are supposed to do just that. 
look for illegal aliens uh, and deport them and remove them from this country. That is happening at a very, very minuscule uh, percentage. Their, their hands have been tied by this administration. If you remember, the Biden administration said they, they were going to abolish ICE. And the way they're abolishing ICE is by taking away their authority. They couldn't take away the money, so they just took away their authority, including Border Patrol agents. And um, you asked me, can we remove people? By the way, I think there's at least 30 million uh, illegal aliens present in our country, and that's a difficult task. We need to start somewhere. You need to go after, obviously, the criminal aliens. You need to go after another group that a lot of times people don't talk about, and those are the overstays, the visa overstays. These are people that came in an airplane with a visa. They think they somehow have some kind of status, but they overstayed their visa. They're completely illegal as well. We need to start picking these people up. You start removing a couple of million people, I think you will see a ripple effect of some of them self-deporting themselves back to their country. Yeah, so let's not forget that over half of the illegal immigrants here in America came through overstate visas. And there's right. next to zero enforcement of that. And of course, it's after 9-11, they were all in overstate visas as well. Um, what would you suggest is the first thing we do? We, we gotta stop this right now. What's the first thing you think we should do? Well, the first thing is it seems very simple and it's incredible that we have to go and even mention this. Well, one thing I tell you what we do not need, we don't need no new legislation. We have to have had and presented new legislation because to force this administration to do something, but we really don't need it. What we need is just to give the authority back to the border patrol agents to actually do their job, which is detect and detain. But one important uh, aspect of this is you need the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's Office on board, and they are on board with the Biden administration. So even if a border agent de detects a human smuggling case, per se, they have the smuggler, they have the driver, the, the, he's carrying 10 to 12 illegal aliens, they call the assistant U.S. Attorney for prosecution, and they're declining to prosecute that case. So they're getting blocked even by the Department of Justice, so those cases are going nowhere, and they're releasing these people into the United States. Well, again, talk about morale crusher right there. So it's just like woke DAs in different cities. You have woke That's DAs right. in the federal government not enforcing these crimes. That's very interesting. What do you say, Victor, is the difference between these tired and poor huddled masses from the Italian immigrants and the Irish immigrants who came in the late 1800s and early 1900s who were dirt poor, abject poverty, treated like considered lower and less than and dumber than even free blacks in America, which was not a very high status as well. And they thought they would never make it in America. And now we have St. Patrick's Day and everyone wears green. Like, won't this just be the same? Like, won't one day we just have uh, whatever the Venezuelan holiday is and we all have Venezuelan food, whatever that is. And I'm Venezuelan today, punch me, I'm Venezuelan. Why won't that also happen in 50 years? Uh, it's not going to happen, and I'm going to tell you the big difference here is that those those immigrants, when they came here, they wanted to be Americans. They became Americans. That means that they assimilated to this country. The majority, and I tell you this from experience, uh, I've been arresting illegal aliens all my career, and I used to see, even 20 years ago, I still still see a lot of those economic migrants that want to be Americans, not just use our country to better themselves and the people from their country. Remember, we they in Mexico alone, they received $59 billion last year on remittances of the illegal aliens from this country. So they're sustaining their people and their country. But the big difference now is the lack of assimilation and the people wanting their country within ours. So they want Venezuela here. They want Nicaragua here. They want the Middle East. They want China. 
And, and that's a huge difference. They don't want to assimilate. They don't want to be Americans, but they want the fruits of this country. And I'm sorry, you can't have your cake and eat it too. How have you seen that different over the last 20 years of your career? It's uh, the entitlement. It's the entitlements that they know that they're going to get, the, the money, the education, the health care. Uh, jobs, well, some, of course, there's some that want to work and do work. The majority that I'm seeing now uh, are just kind of, here, I'm here, take care of me. And another thing I want to say is a threat to national security. And speaking of Venezuelans, because that's the major group that's coming over right now. When I, I was in Eagle Pass, I was hearing 6 million uh, illegals coming from uh, Venezuela. And that's a large number. I don't know how many of those are going to actually come to our country, but I am telling you there's already hundreds of thousands, possibly millions already here. But the, the big difference is that we have some of these people that are coming that are Hugo Chavez sympathizers. These are communists. And they're bringing that communism and that mentality and that culture to our country. The same thing with Chinese nationals. It's very hard to determine their, uh, their agenda or, or what's the reason why they come into this country. And, and this is, I, I say it all the time, it's a public safety issue and a national security issue. And we're not even talking, we haven't even mentioned the cartels and terrorists. That's another issue as well. Victor Avila, how can people support your campaign? Right now the district is run by, a, represented by a, by a Republican, Tony Gonzalez. So what's the problem there? And how can people support your campaign instead? Well, they're supporting me. Uh, you go to VictorAvilaForCongress.com, and, and two two main votes that he, he's done a lot of votes with the left. The two main ones is that he was solely responsible for killing a border security bill, which is called HR 29. He killed it, which makes absolutely no sense. And then he voted for red flag laws and to restrict our Americans in Texas uh, uh, from uh, bearing firearms. Those two things alone, and there's other votes that he has gone against the district. Um, that that that's why he got censured earlier in the in the year by the Texas Republican mm -hmm. Party, and so uh, if you support me and my and my ideas, uh, I know how to fix this. There's some of the things that'll be fixed very easily in 2024. Others will take a little bit of time, but I have that experience not just on the border, but also um, outside of the of the country in Mexico, where I work there, and in Europe. And I we need to address those countries as well. Uh, as well. So please support me at VictorAvilaForCongress.com. Victor, wonderful to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. That last part was a perfect segue into our final segment, the real, the number one, the top reason why we need to be against illegal immigration. It's a potentially difficult case to make, or it's people are hesitant to make it. We can't be anymore. We have to be confident to make it. And I'll make it next. Mike Slater on The First TV. Spread the word. Welcome back to our special, The Invasion of America. If I may make a suggestion when talking about illegal immigration, I think conservatives have missed an opportunity for a long time. First of all, don't call them migrants, they're not. But secondly, we need to stop saying, oh, they're taxing our social services. I hear people say that. You know what the left says? Okay, great, just raise taxes. Oh, I'm against illegal immigration because they're filling up our schools, our emergency rooms. Oh, okay, we'll need to build more schools and more emergency rooms. Oh, I'm against them because uh, they're voting for Democrats. I'd be against it if they were coming across the border wearing MAGA hats. I'm against illegal immigration because first it's breaking the law. Oh, we'll just change the law. Now they're not breaking it anymore. Voila, done. Okay, you want to know the number one reason why? It's changing our culture. Hmm. Dangerous thing to say. But it's the most important thing to say. 
culture is everything. By the way, not skin color. Skin color means nothing. It's culture. Now, we never talk about culture, so people don't know what it means. There's a lot of different aspects to culture, some good, some bad. And not diff two different types of culture don't necessarily blend nicely together. Some cultures around the world have no women's rights. No. Women are property, and they can be killed. Who are you to say that's wrong? That's their culture. But it's not our culture. They're called honor killings. So do we want people in our country or in your neighborhood who believe in honor killings? Hmm. Oh, it's just their culture. Who are you to say that that's bad? There are cultures that have a more chivalry-based culture. Some are more misogyny-based. How, how, how are men expected to treat women? That's a cultural value. There's shame cultures and guilt cultures. Afghanistan is a shame culture, meaning what you do is not wrong until someone catches you. You steal from a store, no problem. It's their fault they didn't secure it enough. But if you get caught, you brought shame to your family. In America, we have a guilt-based culture where it's wrong to steal, even if you don't get caught, the guilt comes from within. Shame-based culture comes from external, guilt-based comes from internal, from within. It's a big difference. There are secular cultures and Christian cultures and Muslim cultures and different cultures, different worldviews have different answers to big questions that matter. Like, why does suffering occur? This is a big one. Why does suffering occur? Okay, well, Christianity has an answer to that. The Hindus have an answer as well. They believe it's karma. So all of your suffering comes from misdeeds that you committed in a previous life. So all the suffering that is experiencing today by the, by the untouchables in Indian, Indian culture, that's deserved. And therefore, you can't get involved in helping them because then you would be interfering with kar karma cosmic justice. How interesting. It's culture. The question is, how do we help people in need? Or do we? <laughs> Sorry, not even how. Do we help people in need? In Hindu culture, no, 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 you don't. There's different cultures in, uh, when it comes to hard work. We've had a more hard-working culture compared to, say, the Samoans. Culture's everything. Even within ethnicities in America, the, the ethnic culture that has the highest income in America are Indians. That's the ethnic group that has the highest income, are Indians by far. The lowest are Ethiopians and Moroccans. Ethiopians and Moroccans in America, why? Moroccans aren't black, so it's not race. What is different about Ethiopian culture and Moroccan culture that has resulted in them having the lowest income of any other ethnic group in America? And what's different about those cultures from Indian culture that makes them by far the highest? I just want to reiterate again, it's not race. Here's Joe Biden talking about race. The world's changing, John. And we're going to be, the fact is, we're going to be very shortly a minority white European country. White doesn't mean anything. European, perhaps, because European means that, that, that is reference to a type of culture. Now, there's different cultures within Europe as well that matter. Not only where did immigrants come from Italy, but northern or southern Italy, big difference. Read about Thomas Sowell has amazing books all about this. Culture matters. Culture is all that matters. Albion Seed is a fantastic book if you want to learn more about this. And the author talks about different folk ways. These are just different aspects of culture that exist. And we don't know, we don't think about these because we've, we just live it. We have it. We have our culture. We don't even realize it. It's like a fish not realizing it's swimming in water. So here's the different types of cultural values. We have speech, architecture, family structure, marriage expectations. There's the whole list right there. Gender, sex, views of sex, views of child rearing, age, respecting elders, or, or we have a youth-based culture in America. Uh, how cultures view death, religion, 
learning. Do you value education or do you not value education? Cultures are different. You maybe grew up in a house in a culture that values it. That's great. Not everyone around the world does. Views on food, what you wear, sports, work, time. This is why you hear people on the left, or like Black Lives Matter people, they're like, oh, you're imposing your white standards of time by requiring black people to show up to something in a punctual way. Those are cultural differences. Have you ever been to Puerto Rico? There's no such, like island time, right? These are, these are different. Wealth, uh, hierarchy, um, order, the idea of views on freedom, like these are all different cultural values. And this is what we need to consider when it comes to immigrants and who we let in. So let's talk about our new friends from Venezuela. I had a caller on my radio show on Sirius XM say her friend is from Venezuela. And she said that the men in Venezuela, they have a culture of machismo. So it's a very, uh, a very prideful, a strutting masculinity that is easily offended and expects to be waited on. Do we want that here? Venezuela also has a culture of corruption. Right? You gotta pay people to, to get stuff done. You, gotta, you want that fixed, you gotta pay them a little more. You gotta write that stuff. Do we want that here? I don't. People aren't prepared to talk about this though because it's like, oh, you're talking about race. No, it's the opposite of race. It's the opposite. But also people don't wanna talk about it because they don't even know what our culture is. And we're also, we've been trained that all multiculturalism is good. No, we've been trained to think that all cultures are great and exciting and wonderful. No, wrong. <laughs> Some things are very, some aspects of our culture are very bad. I'd like to change too. But that's also the good news about culture. You can change it. But most people don't know, they can't recognize or identify what we are, who we are. And they certainly can't value, recognize who we should be. If you just grew up in a certain town in America with a certain culture, you don't even recognize that, wow, I grew up in a culture that values hard work and values humility and is chivalrous to women and values education and wakes up early and goes to work. Like you don't even know that until one day you live in a neighborhood now that's full of people who don't value hard work, who have machismo, who are misogynistic towards women, who don't value education. Like, oh, geez, what, when did this happen? Oh, it's because they're that race. No, 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 culture. And we know this is true. If you're looking for a roommate, you want to find a roommate that matches your culture, right? Do you want someone who's neat or do you want someone who's messy, who goes to bed late or goes to bed early, exercises or plays video games, right? You want a culture that matches. It's the same for our country. And just to reiterate, not all cultures are all bad or all good. There's some good things about different cultures and bad things about different cultures and we can pick and choose, but that's my point. I'd like to pick and choose. I'd like to do a worldwide inventory of different cultures and different pros and cons. That way we can say, hey, this culture of these people actually assimilate really well to our culture. Or this culture of, let's say, Japanese people, people from this set part of Japan, we want, we want to be more of that. So let's bring those people in. Or these people from this section of Kenya, wow, they have, they, their culture is this and we love that. We want more of that in our culture. So let's bring more people in from that. I'd like some, some thoughtfulness to it. But we don't know who we are. We don't know what made us the greatest country in the world. We don't even know the cultural values that made that happen. All we're told today is that we're the worst ever. We can't judge anyone. So we gotta let everyone in. So don't worry about the argument. I mean, listen, these are arguments to make, right? These are reasons to be against illegal immigration, like taking our jobs and lowering wages and filling up emergency rooms and schools, yeah. But how are these people changing our culture? So we need to identify what made us the greatest country in the world. Who do we want to be? 
and then look at cultures around the world and recognize what their pros and cons are and then decide if that's what we want more of. So the number one reason to be against illegal immigration is it changes our culture. When you do it just willy-nilly, whatever, it will absolutely change it for the worst. Mike Slater, the first TV, the invasion of America. Spread the word. Thank you.